Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we are going to be doing a fun little activity that one of my students and one of our listeners uh, recommended to us. Her name is Maya. Shout out to Maya. And it's an activity called Frantic Fanfic. And basically, what we all did is we all put characters into a random name generator and found a pairing. And then we wrote a fluff platonic fan fiction for those two characters having some kind of interaction together. That was the only prompt we had. And so each of us, we started with two characters and we wrote for 10 minutes and then we rotated. So then I added to Marin's story and Maddie added to my story and Marin added to Maddie's story. And then we rotated again and we finished all of our stories. So all three of us had a hand in writing all of these fan fictions today. And as we share them with you today, we will be telling you who wrote which part of the fan fictions and who started it and all that jazz. You're gonna get all the information and I'm sure that silly hijinks will ensue. Just a heads up that this episode will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. And with that said, I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Danganronpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Well, I'm going to voluntold mine to go first because I like I, it. I felt I'm feeling confident. So for all you listeners out there, we have not titled our fan fiction. So and we're, we haven't read all of any of these really. So it's going to be our first time kind of reacting to these. But my pairing that the random name generator paired for me was Sakura Ogami and Kibo. Uh, so <laughs> I... <laughs> It's very random. So I went ahead and uh, and wrote a little fanfic for them. So I'll go ahead and read my part first. And then whoever, I don't remember how we did this, but whoever goes next will just follow. And I'll okay. All right. So here we go. The ultimate robot, legal name being K1B0, was known to his friends as Kibo. But unfortunately, his legal name was listed in bright red on the flyer tacked to the wall outside the music room. Tin Man, Kibo. Auditioning for the Hope's Peak Academy School Fall Musical was a requirement for all students enrolled in the music classes, but never in a million years did Kibo think he would get them. His teachers throughout the years had told him his voice was, quote, on par with the voice of Florence Foster Jenkins, which according to his database and the tone at which this information was provided was not a compliment. Kibo couldn't help but feel giddy with excitement. Him playing a lead? Mew would tease him relentlessly for it, but clearly the theater director saw some potential in him, and his voice, which sounded much like a tablespoon caught in a garbage disposal. (laughs) it's It's been a while since I wrote this. It's really funny. Okay. He scanned the rest of the list to see the rest of the cast. Sayaka Maizono, Dorothy, no surprise there. Kaido Momota, Scarecrow. But the last person listed under the principal characters came as a shock to him, nearly as shocking as his own. Cowardly lion, Sakura Ogami. Sakura had been sitting behind him in choir class for the entire semester, and he had never once computed her singing during class. He turned around and saw her right behind him, her eyes widening slightly in shock at the list. But I only auditioned as a requirement, she said, to no one in particular. How? 
It's only Sakura. Er, wait, what? It's Sakura, <laughs> Aftershock too. It's okay. Oh, it's only Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's okay, Sakura. I'm shocked too, he said. He often computed how Sakura cringed slightly if he sang too loud in their choir class. She was trying to be polite by not reacting, but it was hard for Kibo to miss small disruptions in people's systems. Sakura walked away from the cast list and over to another part of the hallway. Kibo sensed her discomfort and walked over to her. Sakura, I know I'm not going to be too much of a help, but maybe we could work together to help each other with our skills, he said. I've heard it often said, teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Do I give any intro or should I just Yeah, you can give an intro. So now it's Marin. Marin, Marin, me. (laughs) take it away. All right. I would accept, but I believe there was a mistake in the casting, Kibo. Sakura shook her head. There's no way I got a supporting role. I, I... Well, now who's getting into character? Kibo smiled, deciding to channel his own excitement into comforting Sakura, whose usually calm exterior was betrayed by the beads of sweat forming on her forehead. I may not have a brain in the play, but I'll at least need a listening ear on my side if I'm going to make it through this play without getting heckled. Sakura sighed and let out a low chuckle. And I suppose I'd be heartless to say no to you. Hmm. That was a good reference, right? Really good. <laughs> Thanks. The pair worked tirelessly for the next few weeks, staying late after rehearsal, working with the tech department to perfect their cues and meeting with one another on the weekends for some much needed tuning sessions for Kibo. While these sessions did not necessarily improve the free jazz style of Kibo's voice, the two found themselves looking forward to their rehearsals, the no judgment zone allowing Sakura's nerves to lessen with every practice session. After about two months on this schedule, Sakura and Kibo walked out of rehearsal, bursting into laughter as soon as they were out of earshot. Did you see Sahika's face when Mr. Kirigiri told her she was off key? Kibo tried to catch his breath, small whistle-like sounds escaping his mouth. In her defense, she was correctly in tune, but she could not keep the smile off her face for long, and Sakura let out another hearty laugh, picturing Sayaka's pinched frown. Can you believe opening night is less than a week away? The cold air blew by their faces, causing Kibo to shiver and to sip- I can't, no, Sakura admitted, <laughs> sending a smile Kibo's way that made his heart warm. You've been such a help to me these past few weeks, Sakura, Kibo replied, but Sakura gently put her hand up. Kibo, I'm well aware of the real purpose of these extra rehearsals. Kibo looked up in surprise as she continued. You've managed to get me out of my shell for this performance, and I can't thank you enough for that. Hmm, I don't know, Sakura, he chuckled. If I help make the cowardly lion less cowardly, Sayaka might have a reason to kick me out other than my voice. Sakura swatted his shoulder playfully as the two broke into laughter again. If anyone says anything about your singing, they're going to hear from your personal voice coach. For long, opening night was upon them. Kibo was in the green room, watching everyone else get their hair and makeup ready for the show. Kibo himself didn't actually need any hair or makeup done for the show, nor did he even need a costume. (laughs) But along with the rest of the cast, he was working hard to contain his nerves and hype himself up for the show. Taking a deep breath, he decided to go see how Sakura was doing. The two had quickly become close friends over the last month of rehearsing. Sakura was sitting in front of the makeup mirror while Angie was artfully turning her face into that of a lion. She smiled up at Kibo as he approached. How are you feeling? She inquired. Oh, wait, no. I gotta read I gotta read the voices in character. <laughs> How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> 
How are you feeling? <laughs> nervous, he replied. Really, really nervous. But excited, too. I feel the same way, she admitted. Kibo found it surprising that someone as strong as Sakura could ever be intimidated by anything. You'll be amazing, don't worry, he assured her. I'm sure you will blow them away too, Kibo, she insisted. Just then, Mahiro, the stage manager, poked her head into the green room. Fifteen minutes till curtain! Thank you, fifteen, the entire green room, the entire green room <laughs> chanted in reply. <laughs> Ain't that just a little blessing? A little callback there. I had to throw that in there. Kibo felt his artificial heart start to race. Sakura stood up behind him, hair and makeup complete, and put her hand on his shoulder. He turned to her, swallowing down his near panic. I don't know if I can do this, Sakura. What if everyone laughs at my singing or boos me off stage? Sakura shook her head gently. Kibo, she reminded him. The audience is full of your friends. They want you to succeed. They're on your side. Remember that. Kiba nodded. You're right, he said. We got this. A few minutes later, they were in the dark wings offstage, listening to the pre-show announcements and readying themselves for the curtain to open. Kibo and Sakura were both trembling with nerves, along with everyone else in the cast. But little did they know, as soon as the lights came on and they stepped on stage... The nerves would fade, their well-practiced lines and blocking would come naturally, and their friends in the audience would cheer louder than they ever had before. Opening night was upon them. Wow! And so good. And... Oh, it's so fresh in there. Well, that well, was fun. We that, that brought back some good vibes from our high school days. Great vibes. We were all in theater, so you know, it's kind of fun. Mm, very but, nice. Yeah. So, um, the title of this story. Hmm, I have to think about this for a second. This is hard. Like, I don't know how we're gonna come up with titles. I know it's gonna oh, take me a minute. This might yeah. be like the hardest part. Oh, I got it. I'm just kidding. It's not my title. I got it. <laughs> it's my turn. Beep boop, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> or is it Wicked that they're putting on? I don't even know. It, it's the Wizard of Oz, Patty. Have you never seen Wicked? No, Obviously, never... it's not Wicked. I've never seen Wicked. <laughs> no, have you not seen Wicked? We've been friends for like 10 years. God, what is wrong with me? I need to show that to you. Okay, I'm going to do... I'm going to call this piece The Tablespoon and the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> I'm going to put that and rename nice. the file. Beautiful. This is also a good moment to just let our listeners know that all of these stories will be uploaded onto AO3. We will be making an Ultra Hope Girls page for that. So if you'd like to go back and reread them, you're welcome to and we'll, we'll provide a link for that. Yeah, it'll be in the episode description, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy. All right, next up in my tabs is Marin. So let's go with Marin's next, I guess. All right. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. All Matt right. Marin's story is next. My story is between Sonia and Taka. I was so excited when I got this pair. Okay. It was a quiet town in Michigan, a town with a name heard by none other than its residents until disaster struck in the form of murder. Sonia, library policy states that you put on headphones if you are going to listen to podcasts while on the quiet floor. Taka stood tautly <laughs> behind Sonia's chair where she was perched, hands clasped, eyes closed. A small frown formed on her face as she bit her cheek. 
Silence, Taka, she waved him off. We're almost to the good part. He stepped back in astonishment. She was questioning the library policy while he was on duty when the slow drawl of the host brought him back. She had the kind of smile that would light up a room. What are they talking about? Taka pushed Sonia's legs off the chair next to her and took a seat, making a mental note to report this as his 15 minute break to the head librarian as soon as this conversation was over. And did they say Michigan? Sonia hit the pause button and turned, her eyes sparkling with anticipation. They're talking about a girl who got murdered here in Oak Peak, Michigan, just a few years ago. Taka's lip curled with disgust. How dishonorable. I am sure whoever did this is paying for their crimes to the degree that the court held them to. Consider it undone, Sonia cried, her hands slamming down on the table as she stood. Taka could never really follow her outcries. They almost always didn't make grammatical sense, but he could tell that she was upset, which meant they didn't put the killer away, he gasped, feeling the sweat on his brow begin to accumulate. I had a lot of characters sweat in these stories. <laughs> a lot of steam. steam a lot of steam. <laughs> How is this possible? Sonia could never really follow Taka's desire to see the utmost morality in all people. She'd heard way too many true crime podcasts to let her guard down completely, but she adored his need to make things right. And just like that, she knew exactly how to take command of this Saturday. She pulled Taka up from his small wooden chair, which he immediately pushed in, slapped her hands down on his shoulders, and grinned wider than he had when he'd been promoted to quiet room monitor. We're going to solve this murder. All right, and here's where I took over, so. Four hours later. (laughs) Four hours later, Sonia and Taka were each glued to a laptop screen with what seemed like over a hundred tabs open between them. For the entire afternoon, as soon as they had finished listening to the podcast episode, they'd been scouring the internet for every existing detail on the Oak Peak case. By Taka's insistence, they had moved downstairs to the main floor of the library, where they could speak freely without needing to be so quiet. The Oak Peak, Michigan murder case was a peculiar one. A young woman by the name of Stephanie... <laughs> forgot that I never added a last name here. <laughs> I just left it. Stephanie McMatt something. <laughs> That's canon now. That we'll, just is leave it. We'll, just, we'll leave it like that. A young woman by the name of Stephanie McMatt something met her end one Tuesday night when a cantaloupe was dropped on her head from the roof of her home while she was sitting in her porch swing. The authorities had ruled it an accident, but in reality, it was almost certainly foul play. After extensive searching, Sonia and Taka were able to uncover and compile a suspect list. Three people were the most suspicious. First was Stephanie's husband, Richard. He had the motive, as Stephanie had an enormous life insurance policy, and he had the means, since he also lived at that home and had access to the roof and as many cantaloupes as as he desired from the local supermarket. (laughs) However, his alibi was airtight. The night of the incident, he claimed to have been out drinking with his buddies Chad, Brad, and Vlad, who all backed up his story. (laughs) I'm just loving watching Marin react to this. It's so entertaining. (laughs) Why did the authorities think the cantaloupe was an accident in (laughs) one Cantaloupes just don't go falling from trees in Michigan. (laughs) The second suspect was Stephanie's estranged stepsister, who hated her guts. She had no alibi, but lived hundreds of miles away from Stephanie's home. And the last suspect was old man Grumpus, 
who lived next door and frequently complained about Stephanie and her husband playing their music too loud. But old man Grumpus was also deathly allergic to cantaloupes. The culprit must be the sister, Taka exclaimed. Old man Grumpus is incapable of touching a cantaloupe, and Richard has an alibi. Let us not be so hasty, Sonia insisted. It is possible old man Grumpus wore gloves when handling the cantaloupe. It is also possible that Chad, Brad, and Vlad were lying to protect their friend by helping him make up an alibi. Lying? Taka's eyes widened. To protect their friend? How would being a liar ever help your friends? Before Sonia could reply, a light bulb went off in her brain. Two strange pieces of evidence had suddenly connected in her mind, leading her to an irrefutable conclusion. Eureka! She gasped. Don't you mean Eureka? Taka began to ask, but Sonia quickly cut him off. Taka, I figured it out! All right. This this was like the perfect structure for this kind of story. The way that we lay this out, like it's I, like oh Leaving yeah off yes the, like, cliffhangers right yes and am I right guys all right <clears throat> Taka immediately stood at attention. I am listening, he said with a sure nod. Sonia's hands worked with her words to paint the picture of the scenario she had concocted in her head. I recall a small detail from episode four of the podcast. It's the one where they were talking most about Richard and his friends. Richard, of course, knew of Stephanie's life insurance policy, and I recall specifically that he was fin- uh, fi- was financially. Is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I probably meant to say he was struggling financially. His mother had a nasty fall, and he was struggling to pay for her surgery. Stephanie pushed Richard's mother? Taka said, pointing his index finger in the air. A light bulb might as well have appeared over his head. Well, not quite, Taka. Anyway, there is motive for Richard to do it, you see, because of the money, not the pushing. Sonia pulled out her cell phone and pulled up episode four of the podcast. She scrolled her finger daintily at exactly 23 minutes and seven seconds. Now, listen to this next part carefully, she said. Taka gave a firm nod and fixed his gaze on the phone. Richard's alibi is airtight. However, with his three friends, Chad, Brad, and Vlad, all three gave their testimony and they matched up perfectly. They'd been getting drinks together that night at the local Applebee's. (laughs) I remember it clearly, said Vlad McLemore, Richard's closest friend. It was one dollar drinks. We go when we can, you know, when we're not busy with our wives. Sonia paused the recording and pulled up her phone's browser. She quickly pulled up an article titled, Why I've Abstained from Drinking for the Last 10 Years of My Life. (laughs) (laughs) It was written by none other than Vlad McLemore. This article was released after Stephanie's murder took place. If you read it, you see that he takes correct behavior very seriously and believes drinking only leads to incorrect behavior. He wasn't at Applebee's that night. It says here he hasn't stepped foot in an alcohol-serving establishment the entire time, Sonia said. Taka's eyes widened with the kind of joy only true justice can bring. (laughs) (laughs) Sonia, despite your lack of library manners, you are quite smart. Taka, it was really you who helped me figure it out in the end, Sonia said. Me? I simply walked along with you and listened. I didn't do anything, he said. 
But Taka, you did, she said. It made me remember that in every friend group, there is always an ultimate hall monitor, a moral compass, so to speak. Well, I say, Vlad's actions are not very moral. Let's immediately report this to the authorities. With that, Taka walked as briskly as he could toward the nearest police station. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh my that was god. awesome. Oh my gosh. Y'all rock. P- petition Vlad to title Brad. the story why I've abstained from drinking for the last 10 years of my life. <laughs> yes. Um, done. Just kidding. No, I, that's what I want it to be. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> so good. Maybe subtitle a story of cantaloupes. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> They're gonna think it's boobs on AO3, but it's really gonna be just cantaloupes. Like literal cantaloupes. Right? <laughs> story about cantaloupes. All right. There we go. It is done. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> They would oh. honestly make such a good crime fighting pair, though. Like, they would. Yeah, I really agree. Oh, I know. Th- I love the direction you went with this. It so worked for both their characters. I'm obsessed with it. We are going to take a quick break, but before we go, let us know your thoughts on anchor.fm. Leave your questions for us, and you'll have the chance to be featured in our final episode. Also, check us out on Patreon. We have a lot of really fun episodes there, and if you enjoy these kind of fun, silly episodes, we've got plenty, plenty more for you to enjoy on our Patreon. Lowest amount is $2 a month. Um, And we will be right back with more fun stories right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. Oh, Maddie, I'm so sorry. All right, let's go. (laughs) I definitely took this into an interesting direction. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so sorry. I feel like the middle person is always the one who kind of decides the trajectory of the story. And this was an interesting one for me. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So my fanfic was with Shuichi and Hina. So uh, here we go. What? What is that? 
Shuichi's voice echoed throughout the wide, dimly lit room. Hina immediately skipped to his side to see what he was staring at in such confusion. She tilted her head, her ponytail swinging to one side as she struggled to comprehend what was laid out on the wall before her. The painting was titled, My Wife. Only two colors made up its image, a bright neon yellow and a deep sky blue. At the forefront of a bright yellow background, a blue object seemed to twist upon itself like some poorly rendered Boy Scouts knot, except it had eyes, hundreds of tiny yellow eyes dotting the entire length of the writhing blue mass. Maybe it's an angel, Hina exclaimed. It doesn't look very angelic to me, Shuichi mused. It looks more like something I'd see in my nightmares. Hina leaned forward to read the painting's description. Every work of art in the museum had a paragraph or so describing the work or its author. There's only a first name, Hina reported. Giovanna. It says here she's a modern artist known for her portraits. Hina frowned quizzically, glancing up at the painting once more. I guess that really is supposed to represent her wife. Shuichi shook his head. I gotta be honest, I don't really get modern art. Does anyone? Hina shrugged. Come on, let me show you my favorite sculpture. It's in the next room. Before Shuichi could reply, Hina had grabbed him by the arm and was leading him towards... And then Maddie left me there. So I continued <laughs> from there. Also, th- it's a biblically accurate angel. Obviously. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Have you seen those um, memes? That, that, that Oh, they're so funny. All right. Uh, was leading him towards the Hall of Sculptures. Shuichi trailed helplessly behind Hina as she enthusiastically led him through hall after hall. As they moved further from the east wing and more toward the west, the faces portrayed in the paintings got more defined. Huh, Shuichi thought to himself. It seems that, according to the art style, we're traveling back in history. His deduction was spot on. The National Gallery, which is the museum they were visiting for this class field trip to America, which they were miraculously able to fund thanks to the reserve course student enrollment, was stretched... (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) Good. Um was structured in that exact way. They finally reached a room full of Hellenistic-era sculptures, where Hina let go of his hand and walked in awe toward what was likely this room's most famous piece. Shuichi could easily tell, because it was at the very center of the room, with a giant plaque explaining the history of the piece. Once he looked up at it, however, he immediately diverted his eyes away. Hina, he said, flustered, "'That's your favorite?' He'd read about this sculpture on the National Gallery's website, Torso of Aphrodite, and, like many sculptures of the Hellenistic era, depicted a naked female form. I love it because it's not only beautiful, but strong and unashamed. A lot of the art in here is that way. Just walk around. It's like all the people in the olden days were obsessed with naked people or something, Hina said with a little giggle. (laughs) Sorry. Hina said with a little giggle. I do like more modern art, though. I saw on the website that last week they had a sculpture of a donut. Hina was gesturing so enthusiastically that the next thing that happened was almost in slow motion for Shuichi. Her fist pumped out in excitement, which in turn came in contact with the statue behind her. As she won most athletic in the yearbook last year, her strength was mighty, and she knocked... (laughs) 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 Oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) 
As she won most athletic in the yearbook last year, her strength was mighty, and she knocked off the right boob of the Aphrodite statue. It shattered on the floor. <laughs> and uh, here's where I pick up. Tina destroying a, a like very expensive piece of art. <laughs> Aphrodite's areola teetered on the ground back and forth. <laughs> god that's funny man thank you um aphrodite's areola teetered on the ground back and forth making a hollow ringing that echoed against the high ceilings of the gallery oh hina choked out my shuichi gasped goddess hina took a step backward from the pile of rubble if aphrodite's head was still attached hina was sure she'd be smirking at them We've got to clean this up, Hina. They're going to look for evidence as soon as they see the damage. Well, go ahead, clean, Hina cried. She did a quick lap around the nearby statue bases to make sure no small fragments had been lost, which left Shuichi at the main pile picking up the remains of her. He blushed furiously and stood, sheepishly lowering his hat a little further down his head. Uh, I'll take care of the cameras if you can manage. He gestured downwards this. In spite of the rising stress of the situation, Hina couldn't help but giggle, flicking his hat up off his forehead. It's just a statue, Shuich, she teased. He pulled it back down, tucking in the cowlick that had emerged, his blush somehow managing to deepen. Yeah, a priceless statue. Hina was about to retort when the pair felt the floor begin to rumble ever so slightly. Voices began to echo against the walls and their eyes met in horror. Hurry, they agreed. In here houses many famous sculptures from the Hellenistic era. Mr. Kizakura swept into the room, throwing his water bottle, filled with something a little stronger than water, into his bag to pull out the attendant sheet. Take a look around, kiddos. Don't be shy. Two, four, six, hmm. He paused as his eyes landed on Hina. She was significantly more out of breath than usual, which was saying something in itself, but the dead giveaway that something was wrong was Shuichi, whose face was as white as the statues around them. Koichi Kizakura was hired to be observant, so it did not take him long to spot the missing breast on the statue in the center of the room. <laughs> something that caused him to let out a low chuckle. The Romans really had some unrealistic beauty standards, didn't they, class? This earned him a small laugh and one loud uh, ah, ha, 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 from someone who'd been elbowed by Hina out of his subconscious thoughts and into the present. Kizakura made a mental note to pull Angie aside before they left for an extra credit project, hoping the National Gallery would be content with an apology gift of an installation from the ultimate artist herself. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, my favorite oh, sentence. My God. Aphrodite's areola teetered. <laughs> Te- like just a, like balance. It's like a dreidel, like balancing by the right. Like, <laughs> balancing on the teat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is oh. So, okay. so the um wait. Okay, is this an actual art piece that's in the National it is, Gallery? Yes. Yeah. It's it's one of its most famous in the Hellenistic era. Um, I see. Statues. I see. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> so this sculpture like reminds me a little bit of you know the Venus de Milo. So I think I want to name this fanfic Venus de Ono. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
All right. Well, <laughs> that was a hoot and a half. <laughs> we need to do this again. That was so that fun. was fun. <laughs> All went in such different directions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. Oh, I know wow. the first one was like quite wholesome, and then the second one was just like silly, but like so accurate. And this one was just like chaos. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> oh man. All right, y'all, we are going into a classic Bedwood Behead at the end of this fine episode. Um, and the characters we're going to be choosing from today are Kibo, Shuichi, and Sonia, because they are the three characters featured in these fanfics that were not from Trigger Happy Havoc. And we've done a lot with Trigger Happy Havoc folks, so let's spread the love or the murdering, um, depending <laughs> on who you decide to behead. Um, <laughs> Uh, this one actually is, I don't think, too difficult for me. Um, I would bed Sonia. She's a cutie. Yeah, she's very pretty, very smart. I don't know. We could hit it off. You guys did ship me with her for the true. season two, you know. But I would wed Shuichi because I love him a lot. And you guys know that about me by now. Um, and which leaves me, unfortunately, with beheading Kibo. And I... I do feel a little bit bad about it, but also he's like a robot, so I feel slightly less bad. But, but no, I do feel I do feel bad. That I just said something very robophobic. I'm sorry. Oh, um, but yeah, I would, I would go with that. I just I cannot see either of the other two options for Kibo. So unless you're Mew, boom. <laughs> Truth. Um, right. go, Marin. I would wed Sonia. I think she's lovely. And we would bond like the whole podcast thing and that story. Like, can you imagine getting to bond with Sonia over that? Like, oh, what an icon. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I would bed Kibo and I would behead Shuichi. Yeah, I'm going to go with I would wed Sonia because I think we would same. I think we yeah, yeah, get on pretty well. I guess. Well, Sonia is me because of the SDR2 test, but also we're, we're quite different in a lot of ways in the good, in the good ways for a couple. Um, I would bed Shuichi probably and behead Kibo just because I don't know, man, I, I love Kibo, but, but he, yeah. I'm, and also if you behead Kibo, he is a robot. So he could be put back together again. <gasps> You're so right. Tell yeah. that to Mekamaru. <laughs> oh Whoa, that, that hurted right <laughs> too soon mary <laughs> when this game came out like 2016 right. still too soon <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for checking out our frantic fanfics and shout out again to maya for giving us the idea we're definitely going to be doing it again it'll be super fun to do that um yeah thank you so much for listening check us out on facebook on twitter on instagram we're ultra hope girls podcast pretty much everywhere and if you want to hear me start dong and rome but if like in an audiobook form you can check out our patreon the lowest tier is just two dollars a month and you get access to a bunch of cool bonus episodes which is really cool and maybe i'll finish that one day who knows maybe i will maybe i won't find out on patreon and yeah, that's pretty much it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.